welcome to the Common Briefing Program. Uh, this is a part of the Common Geeking Program where each month we review uh, the last uh, 28 days of geek news, sift through it and try to find what we think are the most interesting, impactful, or important headlines. Uh, of all the crap that happened in this past month, uh, what do you think, what do we think is the most important for you to retain? Uh, I am Colin and I tend to host these geeky affairs. Uh, who's talking with me this month? Uh, I am Jeff and yeah, no, that's like our general rule is we only do the last 28 days even if uh, we're in a month other than February. Yeah, so that has left us with some embarrassing omissions. The, if anything happens on the 29th or the 30th or even the 31st of the month, and it just as a rule we don't talk about it ever so uh, i have i have scribbled out any post 28th day in every calendar i own uh and i just go into <laughs> a sort of hibernation until the next month begins because i refuse to recognize those days existences yeah we do well, i mean we got to get our podcast energy somewhere um but yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm uh I'm, I'm jeff and i'm here hi i'm timel or chowder whichever you prefer yeah, I mean, I'm gonna get a new computer, or my computer, I bought a new computer recently, and I'm now just hey! waiting, I'm just now nice. waiting for it to uh, come in, come in. Fuck, yeah, so, dude, that's yeah. such an exciting feeling, I'm hyped for I'm, yes. uh, I'm in a new apartment from last time, we, I, uh, hey! we, we recently hey! moved, so acoustically, that's actually pretty bold. Might, might figure yourself out, yeah, oh my god, our last apartment was uh, a studio, so we had one single room. So it's nice to actually have a bit of room to stretch yeah, my legs. Man. And oh, we have a fuck. Cat. Now I feel like I feel like I got you got a house and a cat and Tyler's got a new computer. Well, fuck. It's not a house. What's, Let me make that clear. <laughs> okay, fair. What's, I, I don't even I can't think of one interesting new thing from February. I I beat COVID. That's, that's a big one. That's a good one. Uh, yeah. Mm, and now one. I'm uh and now I'm sick again with something else <laughs> so i'm gonna say you guys win this month oh man wow i i was gonna do a vibe check but uh these vibes are high yeah good vibes um, for right now yeah. That's nice. I uh, I love that. I haven't. Uh, I I updated my workstation a year ago. Was it a year ago at this point? Year ago, year and a half. It was a year ago almost. And um, I'm looking at some incremental upgrades to it. But I uh, man, that feeling of a new computer is just mm, something special. I also moved last year, and the feeling of new place with more room is also something so fucking special. Yeah. So uh, I know your vibes. Mm. I love them. I'm here for them. Very happy for you too. That's awesome. Um. Unless you have any more details about him, though, I'm ready to get into what was, for me, a pretty tame month of geek news. A long month, but a tame one. Uh, mm. I get the sense that you guys probably have a lot more to talk about than I do, so oh, I'll yeah, just try I've to got, get... I've got a few things. Uh, I will uh, get my shit out of the way, so let's dive in. January of 2022 was February. pretty bananas. No, January oh, was pretty okay. bananas. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Take two. January of 2022 was pretty bananas because we had all those crazy big games acquisitions with the last of which was Sony buying Bungie, the developer of Destiny, formerly the developer of Halo. And that one came out of left field for a lot of people. And the, the asking price was $3.6 billion. When you look at the fact that Sony was not getting exclusive publishing rights, Sony was not getting exclusive content, uh, like they're just basically bankrolling Bungie's multi 
multi-platform ambitions for Destiny and other video games, you're kind of like, what is up with the $3.6 billion uh, yeah. price tag? Uh, and somebody broke down. This is a report from Forbes. Um, so $2.4 billion of that deal was to buy Bungie's private shares. So that's how much they actually spent on the company. The remaining $1.2 billion of the deal is going to be paid directly to employees, to employee mm. shareholders. So for a company of, I think it's around 900 people and growing, so Bungie's pretty big. They've really expanded over the last few years. They got $1.2 billion in retention for less than 1,000 people. That's yeah. so much money for 900 people. That is an incredible investment in the employees of this company. One, incredible, incredible negotiations on Bungie's behalf for their employees to make that happen. But two, yeah. it also mm. speaks to how Sony values the talent at Bungie. We talked last month about how uh, Bungie's experience and success in developing live service games is really what Sony has their eye on. Uh, and they are willing to pay an extra $1.2 billion, an extra 33%, sorry, an extra 50% on the deal to get that talent. Yeah, that's wild. There's not a whole lot more to this story. It's that is unheard of, especially given how much we talk about um, uh, layoffs, games, labor, the game layoffs. Industry fucking over the labor yeah how terribly employees are often treated by companies this is such a pro-employee move it is it, it is eye-boggling like i'm reading it again now and i'm like struck all over again like and we had that story a little while ago where it's like hey some people at bungie were treated like shit but people say it's getting better what better way to say we care about our employees than not just saying like hey here's a fucking hoodie and an arbitration agreement <laughs> saying we're gonna put a hundred of what 1.2 billion dollars directly to you it's 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 insane i mean you cannot equate money to morality but in this case it is still very reassuring to see that that is how they're investing in the company here's yeah, that's all I got to say arbitration agreement that is uh, <laughs> i think yeah, uh, no, that I, is I, that is my business like if i ever start a business that's what I, that, that's what, what i'm doing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> This is going to be one shady-ass uh, organization. Um, so beyond that, I have uh, a couple small things that I want to hit on. Uh, firstly, we got some trailers uh, thanks to Super Bowl Sunday. We got trailers for the Halo series. Uh, it's looking a bit more interesting. They have uh, The Halo series has already also been renewed for a second season. Whenever a show gets renewed for season two before season one airs, I don't know about you guys, but that doesn't really give me confidence. It gives me a sense of, yeah. oh, they really have a sense of, like, uh, there's a sunk cost fallacy happening with some executives right now. Like, they yeah. bought big on the show, and they feel like they really got to go in. So, I don't know. I'm still, uh, I still have my reservations uh, about some of the choices the show is making. Narratively, they are straight up, like, we know, we've, we've known for a little bit that the story of the Halo TV show is not going to follow the games. It's going to be in its own sort of alternate universe canon called the silver timeline it's just straight up different the first halo game is you're escaping a battle you crash on a big thing called a halo ring a big ring world you're like what the fuck is this you discover it's a weapon and you gotta get the fuck out of there and blow it up the premise of the show seems to be we think there's a thing called a halo we need to find it and get it before the other guys hmm, interesting and also cortana exists as a tool of manipulation and isn't blue 
Hmm. I feel like Morgana is one of those. I feel like her being blue is like the most distinctive part about her. You know, sometimes like when they're when they're doing like a a series like that, I I understand why they change plot stuff around just for like what's feasible. But when you're going Mm -hmm. full out on like doing all of the visuals of Halo, why not also tell the story that the thing thing is? is? The visuals don't exactly line up. Like the armor that they're (laughs) using is not the armor that. uh, No, I mean like. Explicitly, like, even just the visuals are a canon violation already. Um, Mm -hmm. So, like, from the first look, it was pretty clear that, like, this was not a straight rip of the games. I'm fine with the alternate. Honestly, I'm intrigued by this. It seems like there's going to be a bad guy that's a human that sympathizes with the enemy, which is a take we never really got in in the Halo series. So, I I honestly (laughs) think that they've got some interesting stories to tell. Yeah, I mean, the Halo series has always just been Starship Starship Troopers, the the book, not the movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's always been pretty stripped down, and its ambitions to really push its storytelling further often get kind of confusing. So I don't know. I'm I'm interested in the show. My reservations are like purely on a creative level. I'm fine with them changing the story. I don't really care about that. Uh, I uh, Cortana being blue would be nice because then it would look like Cortana. I guess the thing is the voice actress Jen Taylor that's played Cortana since the beginning. I'm pretty sure that like they filmed her live action and they're just compositing her in as Cortana the AI. Huh. Uh, so they're not doing like a CG blue character. Character. They are shooting the original actress as this character, is my understanding. Um, so I guess that probably informed their decisions, but... I mean, aside from not making her blue, that seems like a good way to do it. It seems like a great way yeah. to do it. So, like, I just... Yeah. I don't, I don't know if they're going to turn her blue or something because uh, the AIs technically get to choose their own appearance and their own names. So I don't know. Whatever. I mean, Star Wars has like blue ghost people. Why can't, uh, why can't Halo have <laughs> like a... Yeah, Halo is Are unabashedly... Are we going to the, uh, the whole like five-hour argument about whether or not Yoda should be blue in The Last Jedi? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I'm sorry. I'm, Last I'm Jedi, still not over Jedi... how we had a five-hour argument over uh, that. I... Well, Last well, Jedi is how... the best Star Wars movie. So my next story is <laughs> that Sonic the Hedgehog got an announcement they literally announced yeah they literally (laughs) announced um at the same no, time, Sonic's not. That, Sonic's actually not going to be blue in this one, and it's a point of contention over the, for the fans. It, yeah, it is. The last Hedgehog <laughs> is proving to be very divisive. So, Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, Sonic Two is coming out. The film uh, is coming out in April. They have announced that they are going to produce a film called Sonic the Hedgehog Three and a TV show about Knuckles. So they announced. Fuck right off. They announced <laughs> Sonic Three and Knuckles again. <laughs> Am yeah. I the only one that really loves that? Because I really love that. Like, somebody it's, at Sega thought about that, and they were like, hey, guys, it's Sonic 3 and Knuckles. It's a really fucking yep. funny headline, like, like, but I don't know how, like, if that joke is worth having an entire TV show devoted to Knuckles the Echidna. I, 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 I don't I, think I, that's I why, but I think the announcement timing, somebody thought about it. Sure. I, I, don't, like, I don't know. I, I, I want to believe that somebody uh, up, up at the high ups in Sega was like, like... You want to spend millions of dollars on a TV series just to make a Sonic and Knuckles <laughs> joke. And the, and the creative guy is like, yeah, I got to do it for the meme, man. Pretty much. What I really like, though, is that from this, Idris Elba's two leading TV shows are the gritty <laughs> British crime drama Luther and Knuckles the Echidna. Quite the rage on that fella. Is Idris um, Elba not in? No, I guess he's not. I mean, like, he's a Never lead. Mind. He's a lead role. In, in those shows he's been in other shows like he was in the wire that's what made it yeah that's what like, i was about to ask about then i didn't want to didn't want to sound stupid yeah <laughs> no he's he's big in the wire um 
uh, what uh, what other things happened this month? Uh, there was also a trailer for The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, which is the Amazon show adapting events from the second age of the Tolkien Legendarium. Uh, a lot of people got butthurt that the lead is a female named Galadriel, uh, which is a very prominent character in the Tolkien fiction. And what I have to say about that is, who cares? They're already going to change the story to some degree, and Galadriel's a pretty kick-ass character. Uh, my complaints are that if you guys didn't like how the Hobbit looked like a very, like, glistened-up Snapchat-filtered version of The Lord of the Rings, this looks like a glistened-up Snapchat-filtered version of The Hobbit. Uh, <laughs> very, very sort of flat, uh, aesthetics on kind of, and, like, everyone looks like they have a glow filter on them, like, skin looks incredibly smooth, things look incredibly clean. I, I honestly don't know enough about VFX production or production design to say what is causing this, but a lot of people seem to agree that the aesthetics of this trailer are not very promising. I mean, they're very, technically, they're of an incredibly high level. A lot of hard work went into this by every look of it. That intro sequence, though, is pretty impressive. <laughs> Yeah, the 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 primarily practical effect yes. of them like spilling Pouring out metal into sand fucking, like, and catching yeah. it in like slow motion that looked it looks beautiful and the show has a looks like it has a pretty big scope. But um, I'd say watch it for yourself. I I love Tolkien. I love the books. I love all six movies to varying degrees. Uh, and I don't know. I'm I'm curious. Kind of like the change to the Halo timeline. I'm like, yeah, do what you want. Make a TV show. Um, I don't know if I'm gonna like it. Mm -hmm. I'll check it out. It's now, fine. I've asked this before, and I think you maybe didn't know before, and maybe you don't now. But is this actually like set in the same canon as the movies, or is it is its own canon? I don't think so. Or I think uh, I think that this is a bit of marketing ambiguity okay. uh, that they're sort of playing off of. Nothing that they've done seems to establish it in the canon of the films. I think that is smart because the right. films violate the canon in their own way several times yeah not in, not in any ways reaching this far back these events take place about three thousand years before lord of the rings give or take a little bit so like this is before gandalf this is before isildur this is before all those things so i don't think the lord of the rings movies could break this story mm -hmm. but i think it is smart for them to like play into the you know before the ring before the king before the blah 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 like to draw on the affection and the knowledge and the nostalgia of the audience to bring them in yeah but then not tie themselves down yeah, also the show is being made by Amazon, and the uh, Peter Jackson Lord of the Ring movies are uh, owned by Warner Brothers? Yeah. Warner Brothers, yeah. Uh, New Line Cinema and Warner Brothers, yes, now yeah. is what it is. Mm. So um, I'm not aware of any connections. You will see some similarities because the show did hire uh, like some of the same concept artists. So you right. will see similar visual styles to the same people yeah. that have like done illustrations for the books and designed everything for the movies. I, um, the reason the reason I ask, and I guess the thing that I'm usually skeptical about when they're like mm -hmm. making prequels that you know are based yeah. off of unwritten material for like a pre-existing thing is that like mm -hmm. i feel like a lot of those properties tend to like not be reserved enough in terms of like how much they bring in the the like the original media which then makes a lot of the original media not make sense yeah. because then like when I... characters discover things in the original media it's like oh but this prequel fiction says that you knew about that a long time ago you know that kind of thing yeah where it's just the, like trust me that this is far enough removed the second age of middle earth is far enough removed uh chronologically yeah. and geographically from everything you've been 
exposed to for Lord of the Rings and that most, you know, movie consumers have been exposed to. Right. Uh, even most of the readers have been exposed to. So it, they're pulling from the appendices. Uh, they're probably also going to sneak stuff in from other books that they technically don't have the rights to. The movies did the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 going to be what it is. And I, I mean, I know what the story is, so I'm interested to see how they'll build it out into a TV show. Uh, last thing I want to talk about, uh, there were obviously some other trailers and things like that, but um, the thing that has been eating up the most of my time destiny 2 certainly not the thing i was hoping you were going to talk about (laughs) (laughs) uh destiny 2 the witch queen launch this is the most recent expansion for this live service game made by bungie so sony is already going to be reaping the benefits of this because let me tell you this destiny when it first came out not great beautiful fun to play boring nothing to do first expansion came out bleh second expansion came out meh then a year later they did something called the taken king and it revitalized the game And Destiny 2 had a similar road, a lot of kind of blessed stuff at first, and it just got better and better and better and better. I think Destiny 2 is an incredible place now, uh, because with the Witch Queen, this is one. The best launch experience you've had in Destiny. Usually, when you're trying to get onto a live service game, especially one where one million people pre-ordered an expansion, um, you expect there to be some difficulty logging on. And with Destiny, usually I'm waiting four hours before I can get into the game. I got into the game a half hour early and experienced no technical difficulties at all for the nine hours I played that day. Just smooth. So on a technical level, incredible. Two, best story they've ever done. Destiny has historically struggled with putting stories into uh, campaigns and adventures and missions. And uh, I would say this is maybe their best effort so far. They have built on the past year of missions and stories and turned it into a big villain that, like, the the plot twists surprised me. I didn't expect plot twists. And then I got them. I got characters I cared about. I got story developments I didn't know I wanted. Uh, just a really good, good shooter campaign, which you don't expect out of an MMO. But it really was a good shooter campaign as a story. And then the missions themselves, fun to play. They added a Halo style legendary difficulty that really made like all the bad guys feel meaty and like difficult bad guys to challenge. Um, They have revamped a ton of systems in the game. They've added weapon crafting. They've added new things. There are a couple quibbles here and there, but uh, today is one week, the day that we're recording this, it's one week since the launch of the Witch Queen. Um, This is the best the game has ever been. I am so blown away at the quality of this thing. I always have my doubts going into an expansion because... I think I said this in our Destiny episode. I was like, it's hard to recommend getting into Destiny. That's that's not true anymore to me. I think this game kicks ass. I think this is finally the game I've always wanted it to be. And if anybody out there likes to play shooters or likes to play MMOs, this is a great one. And it's a good time to get on board. I'm astounded that it did. it's just universally beloved, aside from like a couple, you know, sandbox balancing and economy things that you get with a game this big. But uh, universally, everybody's like, this is the best the game has been, like better than Taken King. I, this is not an episode about that, but that is my biggest news for the month. That is what I spent the most time looking forward to and what I've spent the most time doing. Witch Queen kicks ass. Go play it. That's all I got. Nice. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start off with uh, the thing that I was hoping that Colin was gonna talk about until you said it was the thing that consumed the most of your uh, attention this month, and I knew that that <laughs> could not possibly be this, but worth mentioning uh, that Paramount Plus is uh, is putting out a horrific uh, oh, live God. action and cartoon amalgamation reboot of the Fairly Odd Parents, and it looks absolutely <laughs> terrible. <laughs> it- I try, especially since I've been podcasting, I try so hard not to just shit on stuff because no matter what it is, 
somebody tried really hard somebody poured their heart and soul into it and it's i think it's constructive to look at (laughs) what it is that makes something unpleasing or a failure even i feel like this show is made with malice yeah i can't (laughs) understand i can't understand i can't understand who thought this was a good idea because it already like you've got a live action sitcom and you've got cosmo and wanda 2d plastered on top of it yeah okay cool both parts of it are bad yeah the sitcom <laughs> looks bad and unfunny it looks like just... a lower budget version of drake and josh and yeah. the, like the compositing of the cartoons it looks like there was no consideration on the set for how they were going to put the cartoons into the image like they it's cast light like... on the characters but they don't react to the light around them it just seems literally like they pasted it in there it's just bonkers because this concept has been has been like done before like yeah. 10 years yeah. ago and it does not look like it's done any better now <laughs> like i yeah. remember Ro- I, I, I didn't even see the drake bell one okay well sure roger, roger but in terms of television yeah well in terms oh. of like television shows like i remember i can't i think it maybe it was on cartoon network not nickelodeon but there was um i can't for the life of me remember what the show was called but it was definitely like a uh who framed roger rabbit uh like um uh, I, I know what what you're talking about where it's like some I, kid I in high school called. and he can see cartoon characters around him and no one else can see them i, I can't yeah think yeah of what but it's the called. cartoon characters in those were all like uh flatly colored they didn't have any shading yeah. on them I true yeah that. but i mean also also the fact that fairly odd parents has done this before too like there have been tv movies with like drake bell as timmy turner grown yeah. up yeah, i didn't mean, I mean, I mean, the right side about this at least uh drake bell isn't coming back you know yeah. wouldn't want a pedophile <laughs> to <laughs> yeah really is that what happened i thought he beat i thought he beat the shit out of a kid i thought that's what happened is that what happened I have no idea. I just I heard he that there was something in regards to him putting a child in a dangerous situation, and I never yeah, heard any more me, let, uh, You guys he, keep talking. He, I'm going to look this up. He, I, I definitely remember him like having like a court case about like dating a 13 year old and uh, doing. I thought the court oh, yeah. case but, was him putting a child in danger for in some vague way that they didn't talk about, unless I just didn't hear the updates uh, about it. From but. Huff Post, former child star Drake Bell appeared in a court on Monday via Zoom and was sentenced to two years probation and two hours of community, two hundred hours of community service after a teen accused him of preying on and sexually abusing her. Ah, that, that okay. is just yep. an, that is just an excerpt. Uh, well, hey. I, Hey, Drake Bell had that happen. Uh, Josh Peck is on How I Met Your Father. So which one's worse, really? Uh, still Drake Bell. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Also, yes. like, I just fucking... Uh, it, it it wasn't good then when they did it and it's definitely not good now especially as a as a show and i just i really need to know like what what qualities of this are making it so difficult for the voice actor that is playing cosmo to give a good performance <laughs> because like wanda sounds more or less the same and it does sound like it is the same voice actor playing cosmo but there's just like no energy in the way he says anything he, in does, this sound, trailer. he does sound a little tired i will say though i yeah. went back and i did rewatch a lot of fairly odd parents fairly recently mm-hmm. <laughs> and there are uh, cosmo is a little less peppy than i remember like he's kooky yeah. but well, he 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 well, isn't well, that like mountain dew in your veins flander- energy that what, i remember as a kid. he got he got like flanderized as the show went on like in the first few he, episodes he's like fairly normal and kind of stupid and then they just pulled it to a whole level as the seasons went on yeah, where he's just yeah, like, yeah, like early on in fairly odd parents film, similar to caboose or, honestly in uh in yeah, yeah, versus, versus blue, blue. Yeah. yeah yeah like Sorry, early on in fairly odd parents like uh cosmo and wanda's stick was that they're two halves of an old whole idiot yeah but but like you know as the show 
went on, Cosmo just got stupider, and Wanda just did the boring uh, sitcom shtick of the woman character. Naggy mom. Nag, yeah. 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 Anyway, that's enough time in this podcast to spend on that announcement Uh, and the the trailer that came with it. I will say that three-minute trailer somehow felt longer than the conversation we just had. Yeah, really. Um, I've got a a ton of Transformers news this month, actually, because uh, during the month we had uh, something that Hasbro occasionally does for some of their brands called a Fan First Friday, where they like just devote, you know, uh, like uh, they do like a live stream on YouTube and, and give us some announcements. And what was exciting about this one is instead of just looking at new toys like they usually do, they actually gave us some updates on Transformers media that we've been waiting for for a very long time. Um, nice. There is a uh, Transformers VR game that is uh, that is coming out. I think it's releasing like late March, actually. Um, I don't, just worth mentioning that that's happening. I don't really know much else about that, but um, we got a, a very short teaser for the next Nickelodeon show, that uh, the next Nickelodeon Transformers show. And by short, I mean like less than 20 seconds kind of teaser but we got to see the the look of the animation stuff like that it looks cool so far but not really enough information to go off of um we got uh netflix's uh comedy transformers series called bot bots which is based on a toy line that's been around for a couple years of just like tiny little transformers that turn into like uh just everyday objects the whole premise of the show is that like a, a shopping mall got shot with a bolt of uh of energon and everything in the mall turned to to life and then like night at the museum style they go and wreak havoc in the middle of the night and then turn back into regular objects during the uh Kinda during the day sounds like uh, a good we, episode of solar opposites yeah and we we got a little uh we again a little teaser trailer for that and got to see uh some images and we got a release date of march 25th so that's pretty exciting that's something that you know we've kind of known about uh even before it was announced for a long time just based on like what what was like trademarked and things like that but um yeah got some actual information about that in the first time in the first thing in a long time and then uh probably the the piece of transformers media that I will interact with the least, save for maybe the VR game, but also maybe my favorite thing that was announced this month uh, for Transformers is uh, you guys are you familiar with the uh, the Calm app? Yes. Where you know it like reads it's like to the you meditation, to help you. bedtime stories, relaxing video renders, things like that. Yeah. So. Uh, we got the announcement this month that uh, we are getting a Transformers Com app that is actually narrated by Peter Cullen, the voice of That's Optimus Prime. So good. <laughs> That's so good. That's Here, excellent. Got, I like and, that a lot. Yeah, and it's uh, the thing is going to be titled "The History of the Transformers," uh, and uh, like I can't tell if that's supposed to be something that is just like so boring that you fall asleep, or if it's going to be like an actually in-depth thing that is just relaxing because it's Peter and reading it but i'm just really excited about this concept existing <laughs> no that's that's fun that's big fun every once in a while you get a crossover where you're like okay this one seems creative and strange i'm interested right exactly so you know if you're a big fan of of the voice of peter cullen optimus prime or the voice of optimus prime peter cullen rather uh or the voice of eeyore if you want to listen to eeyore talking about transformers then uh, you know tune in on the com app and <laughs> 
it and uh, and listen to well, that. that damn that's really fun and then the last that's thing i want to talk about this month which is not transformers related is um i was probably going to say more about this honestly before we got an update about it today is uh is futurama is coming back to hulu uh which Again. as a concept uh, like, to me like... is is already a little irritating just because futurama has had like what like four fucking endings now and I feel like, like I yeah, hold on. Just, I gotta look this up because my friend said like, it's Futurama only been revived been twice, back. and I feel like yeah. that's not. It's been more than twice. I feel like I feel like it was yeah. three times, but at the very least, being revived twice means that it's had three endings, and that that seems maybe right. Um, but now this is the fourth time, which is and then like originally it was like a big story where it sounded like John DiMaggio, the voice of you know Bender, was not going to return to the series because they weren't like they didn't offer him enough and. And then basically it just came to a thing where it's just like, oh, they're putting out casting calls for Bender and a bunch of voice actors were going like, hey, uh, fuck right off. No one is going to go voice Bender who's not John DiMaggio. <laughs> Um, and then the the update that we got about this, like literally today as we're recording this, the 1st of March. So I guess technically this is news for next month, but you know, worth worth mentioning since it's relevant to the story is uh, they actually did reach a deal with with John DiMaggio and he is coming back. So that's uh, that's good. Like, uh, you know, Bender is kind of inseparable from John DiMaggio. DiMaggio yeah. And uh, and like the fact that they were like, oh, he could just be replaced easily. Yeah. Is, like, it's just like t- telling up like how, how people see voice actors. Yep. And like, uh, you know, there were I, it made me think of other situations like with uh, Metal Gear Solid, how like mm-hmm. uh, uh, how. Oh, yeah. They replaced how, uh, the actor with Kiefer Sutherland, right? For five. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And like, you know, David Hayter is iconic as is the voice of uh, Solid Snake. And uh, it's always. Uh, yeah. And it's always like, like, you know, if this were live action, uh, you know, people would like pay out the butt to keep keep, yep. keep a certain actor in a role. But like in, vo- in voice acting, it's just like you're expendable. <sighs> yeah. Even though yeah. Pretty- and uh to, to bring it back to my previous story, this is something that has been affecting the Transformers franchise for a little while because uh, they keep hiring, like they've like basically in a lot yeah, of Transformers this, yeah. media, they have stopped hiring Peter Cullen to do it and instead have literally started casting a like a YouTuber who did impressions of Peter Cullen on YouTube as like the voice of Optimus Prime in a lot of media and it's just bad and like you know, it, it's one thing because it's like every time they do a new reiteration of the character, it doesn't have to be Peter Cullen. That's not the issue. Like, there's been other voice actors who have done good Optimus it's Primes in the fact. clearly trying to replace Peter Cullen. Correct. And it yeah. usually is just come and, and just like this negotiation did, like it comes down to money. Yeah, because it was basically, like, John like, DiMaggio was like, "We deserve more money for this. Yeah, uh, I'm not yeah. going to do it until we do. I don't know what the and, final negotiations are, but he seems pretty enthusiastic. So yeah. I'm sure we'll and, see and more like, reporting." about that in the next and month. it's important to note that john dimaggio wasn't just arguing for himself he was arguing yeah he was for arguing everybody right. he wanted to uplift everybody and give everyone more money because yeah. they do which they is do great yeah because like definitely in the case of peter collin it's clear that like a lot of it a lot of the shift in that direction for transformers has been like not wanting to hire union voice actors so they're hiring people who are like you know more inexperienced and flexible and like not joining unions so they can't like advocate for themselves 
films, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, the story's about that's Bender, what not Optimus Prime, but <laughs> yeah, but that, but no, it's uh, that was also what happened with. Um, I forgot to mention this in in my thing, so I'm gonna steal a second here. But yeah, like, go for it. I, no, it's pretty much what happened um, with Star Trek because the in 2016 they had the 50th anniversary movie Star Trek Beyond didn't hit box office expectations. I blame a lot of that on a pretty lackluster and uh, um, marketing campaign, um, but also just on like I I don't think that the movie story i think the movie story was so spoiler heavy that they like backed themselves into a corner and instead of looking at like what they did on the marketing side they said this movie didn't make as much money so all of you actors who are obligated with an option for fourth movie we have to turn your pay down a little bit and that movie didn't happen (laughs) because chris pine was like i agreed to a certain amount of money i'm gonna get that amount of money and if you're not gonna pay it i'm walking and the negotiation stalled that was in 2016 that that happened this past month they announced that the next star trek movie which is coming out in 2023 will be the Kelvin crew cast. Chris Pine, Zach Quinto, Simon Pegg, Zoe Saldana, that that cast is returning for the next movie. Uh, I'm looking for a little more reporting on it because I guess the deals were not set in stone when the announcement was made mm. and that some of the cast members were surprised by the announcement oh. but i think this is this is a no I, I again i don't know all this because it's all anecdotal we don't have a lot of right, information yeah. yet and i'm like i'm like keep my eye open for for more stuff to come out on it or for the actors to speak up but they're not and again if they're in negotiations i understand why they're not john dimaggio is pretty unique in that he like spoke very openly about what was going on why and how and i think that's important yeah and i definitely. think that um he's very fortunate to be in that position as well because he is so widely beloved he has played so many beloved characters i mean he plays a bit character in destiny and i'm just like hey it's jake the dog he's selling me guns that's fun <laughs> and i i kind of want to imagine like zoe saldana like in an interview and someone's like you're you're in star trek and she's like i am <laughs> yeah that's that's kind of what i like i wish we had that gotcha moment to sort of crystallize the whole thing but i, I i'd be very curious i'm curious to see what happens because like the star trek movie has been in such flux we had so many different versions that were going to get made but in the end it boils down to exactly what just happened with futurama which yep. is contract negotiations budget negotiations and given that the there's some weird messaging on what's going on with the actors here i'm curious like what's still going on and what we're going to see come out of it yeah um and and i think i think that this uh, especially as so much of the entertainment industry is unionizing uh like we have friends that are dealing with that sort of thing uh i was part of some unionization and stuff uh regarding the animation industry uh much less than than some other people and it's just like <laughs> this is huge this is across everybody but i think that this john dimaggio thing is going is it's happening at the perfect time because as we're having these conversations about you know worker value yeah. in the entertainment industry we have someone here who fucking did it screamed it and won yeah I, I like that when you've got a performance that's like so iconic it really gives you like a lot yeah. of cards in your favor to be able to leverage yeah, that has, and it's it's really yeah. great that he was like advocating not just for himself but for mm-hmm. you know the other cast members as well because like honestly it's probably some characters are a little bit more replaceable but if you if you're if you're trying to bring in like an impression uh, impersonator of john dimaggio not gonna work <laughs> yeah he's an incredibly recognizable and bombastic presence in everything yeah. he's in and I'm, I'm very happy but yeah i mean that's that's pretty much what i had to talk about we also got a, a doctor strange trailer which maybe could be a longer oh, yeah. discussion at another point maybe probably when the movie comes out but otherwise that that's pretty much what i got uh, the x-men x-men are in it patrick stewart's in the trailer it's the x-men they're doing x-men yeah yeah i've got we could fucking talk about that for an hour but for the sake i (laughs) I feel like griffin mcelroy in the mabim bam tv show where it's like we're going 
going to the library because we recorded that part already. We're going to the library. That's how I feel right now. Like, it's got X-Men in it. Who cares? Play the fucking movie. It's yeah. Patrick Stewart. <laughs> what? I, I actually haven't seen that trailer. Are X-Men oh. actually in that trailer? Pat Patrick Stewart Patrick is in the trailer. Patrick Stewart is in the trailer. Uh, um, uh, and it's the way that it is definitely is Professor X, but it could be like, it, it's like, so the way it's set up is it, it seems to, to be referencing a, uh, yeah. a group called the Illuminati in the, uh, in the, in the, in the uh, like Marvel comics, which consists yeah. of like, you know, multiversal versions of like Tony Stark and Professor X. And like, I know people, I don't, I don't think any I've only seen speculation on this just as like a oh this would be a cool thing for it to do no actual evidence but I've seen people being like what if they fucking did like Tom Cruise Tony Stark as a multiversal version of <laughs> to put this well, like so, that, that'd be interesting the, but the context here is also like uh Patrick Stewart did not want to revisit you know Professor X or Picard like his two basic char biggest characters until Logan happened and that sort of changed right. his mind and he was like Logan's all I'm doing for this so I imagine that this is probably an alt universe version of the character because he's yeah. been pretty he still speaks so fondly of Logan as a film that he's like, I don't want to undo any of that. That was so important to me. I um, saw some speculation so I, that I he think... might have his, I don't remember, again, I don't remember where, if there was actually any mm -hmm. evidence of this or just speculation, but I saw some evidence that he might have his big, stupid, like yellow floaty chair from the X-Men cartoon, <laughs> which would be, be a really fun. cool nod. And it's, again, uh, another thing to set him aside from like that character as in like, this is yeah. a version of yeah, Professor like, X that is Patrick Stewart, but is not that one because that one is definitely yeah. dead. So <laughs> the other context here being that they did a lot of very extensive reshoots pretty last minute. People think that that was because that was after they uh, got the rights to the X-Men and they were like, oh. let's, let's try to get it in there. <clears throat> but the other thing that's smart is because we know they're doing Kang the Conqueror and the mm -hmm. Council of Kangs is an important thing. This seems like a smart way to repeat the magic of what spider-man no way home did with multiverse crossover for fans uh but also set up the concepts that will make understanding kang the conqueror for people not familiar with the character and future things so yeah. i can see it being a pretty smart maneuver although, I, I again just like everything else i yeah, don't know although i can't help but feel like he wouldn't be too hard to explain doctor who but evil that's kind of what Ka kang the conqueror is and they've already they've already explained him a little bit in in Loki. Well, that, yeah, Did but they? we saw him in Loki. I, but what, what I've I'm, never watched. I don't think they explained him very much. They, Loki's great. You, you you'll enjoy Loki. The, an alt ver, an alt universe version of him shows up in in Loki. Sorry, spoiler. Alert. Yeah, but um, <laughs> gotcha. the, the show came out in July. It's whatever. Uh, it's been, well, yeah, yeah, no, I'm not I'm not like mad about spoilers. I'm just like, oh, I'm in the dark because I haven't watched. Yeah, that no, yet. you should you should check out Loki. They're setting up for Kang the Conqueror, and I think that if they're going to dole it out over a bunch of movies, then it's going to be hard to get everyone up to speed because I don't yeah. think everybody's following the MCU with the same fervor that we did for the Infinity Saga. Right. Um, I just think it's harder to do that now. So I mean, personally speaking, you know, after the Infinity War stuff, uh, I was I was like, man, I've had my fill. Um, same. <laughs> Yeah. I, I felt the same way, and WandaVision didn't do it for me, but I really liked Falcon and the Winter Soldier, despite some of its uh, clumsiness, but I really like that show, and I really like Loki. Uh, so I think I'm... I'm excited. I'm excited to see what comes. But, but it's also yeah, interesting because, be like, with this Doctor Strange trailer, it is making it more apparent that, like, some of the shows are going to be required reading material because it, it does directly tie into to the events of WandaVision, which is something in concept that I'm a little bit skeptical of. But also, like, it sort of feels like they're just playing 
to the people who are committed to it at this point. So I don't even. It's here's the thing. It's 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 going to be quote unquote required reading. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know how these movies go. They're always pointing to other things in the other movies, and you're sitting right. in the theater where half the people are like, "We said the thing," and the other people are like, "Why are people yelling? I'm just trying to watch this movie." <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's par for the course. It'll be fine. They're gonna say two sentences about the horrible atrocities Wanda committed, and then move on. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, there's like I don't know. So with this trailer. For the sake I guess, of time, yeah, yeah. We gotta the, kick I it mean, to the main thing with me was just that uh, there I'd was like, 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 yeah, I was just gonna say a sentence to button it up, but okay. Well, <laughs> now that you've made it confrontational, I will continue that confrontation. All right, Chatter, it is it is uh, it is your turn. I've I saw a lot of Nintendo stuff in the list, so I imagine oh, yeah. I'm going to hear all about it right now. So uh, the first thing I want to talk about is uh, the announcement of the Gen Nine Pokemon games, Pokemon Scarlet and Hell Pokemon yeah. Violet, which like uh, is surprisingly soon. A lot of people managed to call it simply because like they were looking at like the anime and were like they're running out of stuff from gen 8 and they've already like done stuff with legends arceus and the diamond pearl remakes so i think they're gonna end up announcing a gen 9 soon and uh they were right and it's just weird because like pokemon legends arceus like came out last month or a month ago i believe yeah and uh so we've barely had time to digest that and now they're like oh yeah and then pokemon gen 9 coming this summer and it's or sometime in summer 2022 uh something like that and it's like i thought it was uh, in fall are, are, are the devs done. getting are the devs getting a break are do you guys have the game devs on at gunpoint or something what what are you doing to yeah, these really. people you're making them make you're making them make like open world rpgs at, at yeah, like breakneck speed that's this is five video games in a single year from what late studio? 2022 is what it says um yeah, yeah but i mean late 2022 that's, but, a lot. yeah that's not a yeah, lot of time sh- i wonder short, like because i know time, that they yeah. did like i know that they like split up teams when they did like let's go eevee and pikachu and also uh the mm-hmm. gen 8 games so do you think it's something like that or is it Sword literally Shield, like yeah. the same oh, oh, team certainly yeah I, I, yeah i mean yeah, that, that's cer- a pretty common organization still, method for studios cer- it's still a but ton still, of work like how many people work yeah, for game freak yeah game there are not a lot of people in game freak is the thing like you know, like you look at the like the you look at the credits for Legend Arceus. There was one guy doing all the sound mixing and mastering, and it was like, "Oh my god, are you okay, sir? Do you need <laughs> wow. help?" Wow! Oh my yeah, god! Like uh, for some reason, Game Freak, uh, a studio that makes Pokemon games, games that consistently sell in the millions, billions, maybe, and like they don't they don't fucking cut them any slack. They have like some of the sh- some crazy short deadlines because they have to like keep up with like or because like you know Pokemon's a global brand so like there's an anime yeah. and trading cards and all this other stuff that are reliant on game freak so yeah no game like game freak you gotta respect how they managed to survive all that this nonsense that's uh, my god are you guys I mean, okay yeah. do you, do you like, need someone to break you out labor rights issues aside like it also makes you wonder the quality of the end product what that's gonna end up being too you know like, like Pokemon Sword and Shield were very disapp- were were disappointing. Like you know, I feel like people yeah. blew it out of proportion. But like you know, I do feel underwhelmed. So I hope. which has kind of been. I mean, that's been a lot of my experience with Pokemon games in the past few years because like it's really starting to get old. Just like how the same every game is. And yeah. Then, like, I mean, I will you know, tell you that. Yeah, I will tell you that Legends Arceus is actually a breath of fresh air. So 
you know, when yeah. you get the chance to play that, try it out. Uh, Definitely. Yeah. And they also reveal the new starters for that game, which, uh, you know, they're, they're pretty cute looking. Uh, there's like this uh, chili pepper. Two are underwhelming. I actually quite like Quaxley. He's like a duck with a hat. I, that's uh, that's great. Just, eh, I don't know. I'm not a fan of Quaxley and fucking, uh, I can't even remember what the grass one's name is, but it's definitely, uh, it definitely is yeah. just Litten except green. And uh, I would fucking die for Fuecoco. That is an amazing design. I love yeah, it. No, the no, fucking Fue- chili pepper no, Fue- crocodile. No, there's, no, <laughs> there's no denial. Fuecoco, fucking fantastic. It's like a chili pepper, but it's also a crocodile, and it's got derpy ass face. It's great. It's adorable. Uh, uh, and that's really all we know about Pokemon for now. Uh, next thing I wanted to talk about was uh, Capcom announcing uh, some fighting game stuff. Uh, first, they had a teaser trailer for Street Fighter VI. Uh, the only remarkable thing about it is how, like, no one really has anything to say about it because one, so little of it was revealed. Two, this game has been going through so much, like, development hell. Three, this game is like many years overdue, but like all we got is like uh, a new look at like the engine they're using because like they're using the in-house Resident Evil engine to make this game. Looks pretty good. Uh, Ryu looks oddly wide. Like, you know how, like, people were making jokes about, uh, what's his name from Star Wars? Uh, Kylo Ren, like, how, how he's got, like, a white chest a few years ago. Mm-hmm. People were oh, making yeah, jokes like that. that. Yeah. Last, last Jedi showed him without a shirt and people were like, this boy. <laughs> wide boy. Yeah, wide. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah re- reused oddly wide and they, like, show, like, a character named Luke who, uh, like, he... he like you know the way they frame him and it's like oh wow who's this guy i i he looks intriguing except they released him as dlc for street fighter 5 so like we already knew who luke was so it's like whatever so yeah maybe he just that dlc sold very poorly so they're like no one's gonna remember this guy sneaking back in there like they hyped the dlc as like a look at look into what Street Fighter Six is like, and then they release this kind of generic ass dude. Like he's, I mean, he he, he punches and like uh, key blasts come out of his punches, and that's really all we know about him. Uh, yeah, no, it's it, it's like Street Fighter Six. His uh, teaser trailer was like super underwhelming, especially like when because everyone was going, what what is what is going on with Street Fighter Six right now? Uh, and like you know, funny enough, like the other announcement they made. Uh, Capcom Fighting Collection actually got more buzz than the actual Street Fighter, new Street Fighter game. What Capcom Fighting Collection is, like 10 of uh, Capcom's fighting games, uh, you know, all in one with like new bells and whistles like Rollback Netcode. And Rollback Netcode is great. Uh, for mm-hmm. those of you who don't know, in fighting games, you got two kinds of netcode, uh, uh, delay-based netcode, rollback netcode. Uh, delay base is a pain in the ass because what it basically means is uh, the online will like put a deliberate delay, like like a one second delay. That's probably a lot uh, exaggerating, but like in order for like everything- It's usually to... a couple milliseconds, but it's it's it feels like lag essentially. Like you yeah. do something, but it takes, there's a buffer time built in for how long it takes for that to register yeah. on both players. Devices. Yeah, 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 milliseconds, but like it, with a, with fighting games, a few milliseconds is all the difference. And, uh, you know, it's deliberate lag so that, like, uh, the game can, like, figure out what the players are doing on each each of their end and, like, have what's up, what on screen makes sense. Uh, Robot Netcode, there's a lot to it, but, like, to put it in simple terms, it is better than delay-based netcode in every single way. And yeah. <laughs> it, like, like you, be- you will barely notice rollback netcode 
that's how good it is. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, instead of uh, creating a buffer so that it can figure out what happens after the fact, it looks at the timestamps of the information that came in and then uh, like uh, basically honors what happened a few milliseconds ago instead of waiting a few milliseconds to figure it out. So the 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 reason some people moved away from rollback was because technically it's fairer to use uh, delay, but rollback feels more immediate. You don't have that sense of lag, even if it's not always a hundred percent accurate to what's happening well here's the thing uh I, most fighty game people agree rollback now code yes is it, it is better. a better experience it, it, it is it feels better it uh mm -hmm. it uh it, it's a good move it, it's ultimately very fair and uh usually super accurate the the real drawback to rollback netcode is it's difficult to implement unless you figure it out right from the start you know, with uh, this, it's like, hey, uh, here are a bunch of games. Uh, one of them, Red Earth, uh, was never released outside of arcades. Uh, two of them are Darkstalker games, which, uh, uh, you know, people love those games to death. But like Capcom, for some reason, refuses to do anything with Darkstalkers. Uh, and uh, let's see, the other games include, yeah, the other games will include stuff that hasn't been released out of Japan and, you know, some uh, Street Fighter stuff. And uh, it's, yeah, Cyberbots, Full, full Metal Madness. Uh, like, the, these are like, games that are like that have a great following but like because they're from arcades or they were never released outside of japan it, it is hard to get into them you know so yeah. having this all in one place uh with the rollback netcode is a great thing so people are looking forward to this more than they are street fighter 6 which is funny <laughs> uh next thing i want to talk about was uh nintendo direct uh they made a few announcements for that uh most of it is Eh, fairly unremarkable, but uh, yeah, uh, some of the ones that caught my eye. Uh, so Square Enix made a couple of announcements. There's the remake of Live Alive, which is like this RPG that never came out outside of Japan. Uh, it's being it's being made. It's being translated into English for the first time, and it's got a and it's using the same engine as Octopath Traveler, which is like a really good looking game, which has this sort of hybrid between like 3D and pixel art that has a sort of pop up book diorama kind of effect. It's really good, and like uh, here's here's the thing, like uh, Square Enix has like made like uh, re releases of like uh early final fantasy games like final fantasy 6 and before where they like uh take the pixel art and just make it shit and it's like wh why are you making final fantasy shit but like live alive fucking looks great what wh where are your priorities man but uh <laughs> yeah that's live alive the other one is uh a uh port of chrono cross a game for the, uh, an rpg for the uh playstation that is a sequel kinda to one of the best RPGs ever, Chrono Trigger. Uh, it like Chrono Cross gets into some multi-dimensional weirdness, but like the important thing to Naturally. note is everything does eventually. <laughs> <laughs> to be to be fair, Chrono Trigger was about time travel. Like Chrono Cross is very much keeping in tune. One important thing is like between Chrono Cross and Chrono Trigger, there was this like text-based uh, novel slash adventure game thing that uh, no was never released outside of Japan that like, you know, kind of ties the two games together. So we finally get a translation of that. And two, you know, the Chrono Cross port has like certain bells and whistles, like being able to speed up the gameplay, being able to just make yourself invincible so you can just enjoy the story, that kind of stuff. Uh, the actual graphical update is uh, kind of muddy, not that great. And uh, I'm willing to bet money it's because they lost the source code to this fucking game as well. I, I don't know. Square Enix likes Square Enix likes losing source codes. How how they lose the source code to Final Fantasy VII, one of the most important games ever? 
Who the fuck knows? You'd be surprised. I have a friend of mine who uh, is sort of amateur video games historian, and, like, the amount of shit that is not recorded, not saved anywhere is kind of astounding. Uh, Like, you'd be surprised how hard it is to find anything about the games industry before it all became online. And now it's becoming difficult again with patches and updates cycling out content on the regular. There's no archive functions for anything. So, I mean, it's probably because Square Enix was a lot smaller back then, and they were like, Oh, yeah, just keep it on a computer. Eight Windows updates later, it's gone. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I know why it happens, but, like, you know, it's always frustrating to know, like, yeah. shit gets lost to time, you know? Uh, yeah. And, like, you know, they're really bad about it. Like, even up until, like, yeah. uh, PS3, Xbox 360 era, they were really bad about it, right? Like, you know, they've yeah. done ports of, like, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles and uh, Kingdom Hearts where they lost the source code. With Kingdom Hearts, they went through the trouble of, like, actually making the game from almost near scratch. Like, they still had it earlier. (laughs) Yeah. Why they don't give that treatment to other games? Well, I I know because Disney. But but yeah, no. Square Enix, uh, you know, porting over Chrono Cross. It's a great game. Uh, Personally, I like to separate it from the fact that it's connected to Chrono Trigger simply because, like, Chrono Trigger has, like, a ending and Chrono Cross kind of undoes that ending. And it's like, it's like Terminator 3 to Terminator 2, you know, or Aliens 3 to (laughs) Aliens 2. Uh, Yeah. Or, you know, like Terminator Dark Fate to the previous three Terminator movies. Yeah. We all know. Yeah, exactly. much, right? pretty much yeah. every Terminator movie to every other Terminator movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, except the Which difference is something here is I Chrono can confidently Cro- say, even though I've yeah. seen literally none of the Terminator movies. Uh, That's I all I know about them. Most of them. Yeah, so. I mean, like, the difference here is that Chrono Cross is a great game in its own right. I just like to keep it separate yeah. from tr- Trigger. Uh, and, you know, I'm always up to see, like, uh, stuff I haven't experienced before, and Live Alive looks like that. Uh, but interesting nice. one from Nintendo is that uh, they're uh, releasing DLC for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which is like, huh, you'd think they'd have been working on a new Mario Kart, but no. No, they're just making new courses for uh, Mario Kart 8. I guess they just figured, man, everyone's got Mario Kart 8. Might as well just keep working on that. Cheaper to do that. I don't know if Nintendo is ever going to have a coherent online strategy. <laughs> no. Really. No, no. But I, I, mean, I think hell, I think hell will shatter to pieces before Nintendo. I just makes like, sense. I, my, I, I'm not saying that, that it doesn't make sense to make DLC for a game that people love. And I know Mario Kart 8 is not yeah. the most beloved in the franchise. It's just the most recent and active one on their current hardware. But like, I, I feel like the people that are playing Mario Kart all the time are not the people that are going to go out and look up new DLC. Mm-hmm. And also, are not gonna pay for that dlc except the people that are like really into these things sure but the people that are like i bought it to play games with my friends and or family are not gonna log in see pay five bucks for a new course they're gonna say no i'm going to shove my kid off rainbow road and make them cry again duh yeah like (laughs) that's it's just I, i don't know like games you need so much supporting structure around a game to sell dlc to people that like the game and play the yeah. game like i like you have to convince people like jeff you play the fuck out of pokemon i bet if like if ever pokemon really cranks out the dlc you will be the first one to be like i don't know if that's really necessary yeah and, especially after the yeah. last pokemon dlc <laughs> yeah. yeah and and, and mario kart 8, like i said is not even the most beloved of the franchise so i'm and, like and like keep in mind it mario seems very yeah, yeah, like Mario Kart 8 has been out for quite a few a years while. now. A, a long while, yeah. yeah. So it's like, now you're releasing DLC for it? I mean, sure, whatever. Uh, 
That's how I felt a few years ago when they were when Nintendo said, yeah, you know the 3DS, that dying hardware that we're not going to support pretty soon? Here's a remake of the worst Metroid game for it. Have yeah. fun. And it was, it was great, but like, what the fuck? In the moment, it was bizarre, but like looking back in hindsight, it was clear they were just uh, getting, getting Prototyping Mercury's for Metroid Dread. Prototype for Metroid Dread, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so like maybe this is a sign of things to come, but like, come on, guys, there are better ways to make your money. Come on, Nintendo. Yeah, you yeah. can do it. I believe in you. The Steam Deck is about to eat your lunch. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of bizarre decisions by Nintendo, uh, Sony has just announced and keep and uh, important mm. to note, Sony has recently announced or uh, Sony has bought out one of the biggest uh, fighting game tournaments in the world, Evo. And Evo has announced that on March 8th, they're going to announce what games are going to be in their next tournament. Uh, but they also made like just flat out came out and said, hey, we're, we're not going to have Smash Bros in here. And it's like, hmm. uh, I don't know if this is... Uh, Oh. Something from, yeah, and I don't know, like I don't know if it's something from Sony's end or if it's something from Nintendo's end, but uh, I can see it being both, honestly. Yeah, yeah. look, the two do not like each other. Uh, no, no, more than that, uh, they also don't like getting along with other platforms in general. Yeah, like listen, back in the nineties, uh, if one back was a, if the they 90s. were allowed to get away with it, they would absolutely have stormed each other's offices with flamethrowers, like it was nom, like they <laughs> hate each other. That I'd watch that movie. I'd watch that limited HBO Max series. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That would be hilarious. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, their uh, quote is, you know, since 2007, we've seen historic Super Smash Bros. moments created at Evo's events. We are sad that Nintendo has chosen not to continue that legacy with us this year. In the future, we hope to once again celebrate the Super Smash Bros. community alongside them. And it's like, man, that that, well, that is love. a weird way. Yeah, that is a weird way to announce your first uh, uh, Evo yeah. tournament that you own. Like, hey. It's smart to get ahead of it, though, because it's, it's like Smash yeah. is like probably the yeah. biggest fighting game. It has to be the biggest fighting game in the world, not amongst fighting game players, but like the most broad appeal for a fighting yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's yeah, like their first announcement is what's not going to be at their first uh, tournament that they're holding. Never a good sign. Uh, what they're what they are gonna have in there is uh, uh up in the air right now i mean uh, we can make some good guesses there are some upcoming fighting games like uh dnf duel that people are expecting to be in there uh maybe we'll finally get to see street fighter 6 <laughs> yeah yeah i mean uh either either a glimpse at street fighter 6 or just more street fighter 5 uh, either way at least some kind of street fighter up in there uh t definitely tekken let's see Grand Blue Fan Grand Blue Flan yeah, Grand Blue Fantasy. Uh yeah, but you know, until then until they that's, announce yeah. it, who knows? Yeah, that's big sad. Uh you uh you got any more stories? I wanna wrap it up here in a minute, but if you got a squeaker, you can squeak it in. Yeah, no, there's not <laughs> what really a weird way to say that. <laughs> I'm not doing so hot over here. Yeah, there's no big ones, I think. So no, yeah, no I, squeakers for chowder. Yeah. No yeah. no squeakers from chowder. Alright, then uh then tell you what, we're gonna move it into the rating section here. weird uneven month a lumpy yeah. month i'll call it but we're about to uh we're about to uh come together as a group of journalistically in integral people wait a meaning. minute i'm sorry we should it is black history month and we did not mention the fact that jordan uh, peele is making a new movie and we should say oh, that fuck. <laughs> uh, oh yeah the trailer the trailer for nope came out his uh his follow-up to get out and us uh no idea whether it will be canonically related to either of those films 
probably not because Daniel Kaluuya is in it and probably not the character from Get Out. Yeah. Uh, looks gr- looks great. Looks creepy. Looks weird. Looks like a Jordan Peele movie. I'm very here for it. Um, I love both of his previous films. I, I guess uh, if we're going to add to like Black History Month, uh, there's uh, like a, a new Proud, Proud Family thing going on and, oh that's and, right oh, yeah, yeah that's that's it's getting rebooted plus. yeah and that, that doesn't look like some ago. sort of yeah. that doesn't look like some sort of a heinous amalgamation like uh fairly odd parents <laughs> fairly, fairly otter parents. does also yeah. the name fairly otter is stupid but proud family i was i watched the trailer for that looks like spot on dead ass like the original i don't know if they got the same production has to do it or if they or what but like well it's definitely different animation but it's like a different like all of the designs look the same but it's very uh yeah yeah anyway. i mean it, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> like it, it is it is modern but it, yeah. it, it it echoes the original in a way that doesn't feel like what are you guys doing it feels like oh this is an update yeah, yeah. um um, then moving into the rating section, adding those to our pool of contenders, we are going to try to determine what we think was the most interesting or impactful story for the month. What do you should you walk away with talking to other people about and tell them, hey, I heard this on a podcast. I should talk to you about it. And they'll say, don't tell me things from a podcast. That's not civilized. Um, but we'll give you the <laughs> ammunition to do it anyway. We're just going to nominate something and we'll try to come to a consensus for what we think is the biggest story of the month. I don't know what I want to say. So yeah, would one of you like to go first? Tough one. Okay, so I it's kind of a weird nomination because it's like it's more like the context surrounding the story that I think is the important thing. Mm-hmm. My nomination is gonna be for Futurama, but not because of Futurama coming back, but more because of you know John DiMaggio standing up and kind of the broader stuff that's happening with like you know unionization and stuff in the animation industry. That I think you know we didn't we didn't talk about that specifically. We we kind of mentioned it, but that's kind of the the biggest thing for me. I mean you know. That's that's, I, uh, that, that's okay. what I'm going to kind of nominate. That yeah. Let's continue around the circle, and then I'll give my thoughts. Chatter, would you like to join Jeff, or do you have a nomination of your own? I got a nomination of my own. Uh, it's a toss-up between uh, the new Pokemon gen, because, you know, every time Pokemon gen comes out, it's uh, something that uh, is super piquing my interest. And, like, you know, I hope Game Freak is doing okay, and I hope the <laughs> game actually turns out to be not a disappointment like Sword and Shield. You know, I want both to be true at the same time. Uh it does and, not uh, feel likely. <laughs> uh, and the other one is Street Fighter Six, and I know I said people were underwhelmed by it, but like I mean, aggressively underwhelmed because like uh, because like here's the thing about Street Fighter: it's always been like the face of fighting games. So like mm-hmm. you know, people always look to that as the sort of leader. But like man, Capcom's been dropping the ball with Street Fighter, and like you know, uh, lately uh, other fighting games have come in to pick up the pace, like uh, Guilty Gear and King of Fighters 15 uh, have really exploded in popularity. And it's not a stretch to say that probably because Capcom dropped the ball with 5 and uh, dropped the ball with the upcoming 6 really helped them in that regard. So... Oh, oh yeah, there's two more games that might be announced for Evo. Uh, Guilty Gear Strive and uh, uh, King of Fighters 15, but but yes. It's uh, it, it's always disappointing to see that. Kind of like, I mean, you and I, Chowder, were thinking, like, for Metroid Dread, like, there have been so many amazing Metroidvanias since the last main Metroid game. Can this even keep up? And luckily it could, but it is too often that we see this where it's like, oh, yeah, you got, you're not the daddy anymore. You got outclassed. So I hope that's not what happens. But <laughs> this isn't your dad's fight. Time. Uh, I am going to join Jeff 
with his nomination. Uh, I, I don't know if that was a suspenseful pause. I, I don't no, think I so. I was really thinking you were going to jump on the Pokemon I mean, train myself. Yeah, you, you know me, Colin Ketchin. <laughs> love those Pokemon games. I, yeah, no, I, the, uh, that Pokemon. Um, no, I think that, uh, Jeff, I think you're exactly right. I think that the news of Futurama getting the reboot announcement and getting the John DiMaggio drama and resolution in, in the same window is uh, exciting and interesting in and of itself, but uh, the context of it is incredibly important because of all this, uh, and we talk about labor issues yeah. in the industry pretty much every episode, and it's it's not that often that you get kind of a win. It's more of a symbolic yeah. win than anything. I think it's important because of the high-profile nature and visibility. Yeah, um, it's bringing the conversation when, to the mainstream. Yeah, and I, I don't know if this is going to be the thing that pushes the conversation for a lot of people. I don't know that this is going right. to have direct impacts on a lot of unionization stuff because, I mean, we're talking about unionized actors and voice performers. Yeah. And a lot of the struggles that we're seeing are not necessarily in that space so much as they are in other spaces. Yeah. Um, even so, even though they are technically different categorizations of workers in this industry. Um, it, I am very happy that when a problem happened, it wasn't just like, kind of like with Star Trek, where I'm just sitting on my thumbs like, are the actors I enjoy getting fucked over here? Like, what's happening right. behind it's the like scenes? Like, I don't know. Behind the scenes, I have no, yeah. I have no idea. And it might, it might be totally fine. I, I really don't know. But it was nice to see John DiMaggio come out and say like, this is what's happening. This is why. That's it. And so yeah. often that is the solution with so many of these things. And there is always a lot of pressure to stop people from having that conversation but it has been had and i hope it continues to be had and that this at least further normalizes those kinds of conversations among the supporters of these things and the consumers of these things because it's usually not what we're thinking about but you threaten to take away someone's bender <laughs> i feel like they're gonna pay attention and it's just like it's so silly to me too because it's like oh this is big this is important story and then i get down to like the uh you know the beginning of the conversation and it's just like why are we fucking rebooting futurama to be <laughs> like it's not something Thing I actually want to consume yeah. because <laughs> just yeah. let it die for fucking once, Jesus Christ! But I did look it know. up. This is only the second time it's been rebooted. I thought what? it was way Bullshit. more than that. Horse no, shit! It, this is a no. <laughs> Ended in 2002, came back in 2008, ended in 2013, and now it's coming back again. I think there were some oh, movies oh, in there. Time as and in, there, okay, and there, were, right, right. there were movies and there were syndication deals, but this is only the third time that it's aired. Um, sure, so, I was interpreting second time of rebooting as the second time it aired, and I'm like, that's definitely not true. <laughs> no, this is the second reboot. Second reboot. Yeah. So this is the third series run of it. And Hulu's been making a name for themselves in sort of like the reboot space here. Uh, your anim really? Animaniacs, your How I Met Your Papa. Um, but the, it's had sort of three stuff. endings, hasn't it? I mean, they... I don't watch Futurama, really. I've seen some of it, but I'm not like a follower of it. I like it, but I don't know much about its story. I know that there were multiple movies, um, and I don't know how those like concluded anything or if it did. But also, the creators it's a made sci-fi show. Different series finales, some of which were better yeah. than others. That's is what that's got to take a toll on a yeah. writer. Oh my god, wowzer! Sorry. All right, well, hey, that's uh that's where we're leaving it. Uh, the Futurama drama is uh is our top story. For February. Uh, I'm hoping for a little bit of a spicier uh, March. I am getting new Star Trek Picard. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff announced this month, but I want some more new stuff releasing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, uh, I mean, like, I, you know, once once, uh, once I get my new computer, I'm, like, getting myself some Elden Rings and getting my mm -hmm. Elden Rings on. Oh, oh uh, Steam. We're also going to start hearing more about the Steam Deck. Initial reviews are pretty damn positive about nice. the device. Um, they're starting to ship out to consumers now. I believe I'll have the opportunity to order mine. Yeah. 
yeah. in April. Oh, oh, oh yeah, like so. an interesting news that like, you know, didn't really make it into the thing itself, but just like, you know, there's like a port of both uh, Portal and Portal 2 coming to the Nintendo Switch. And I just thought to myself, oh, that's, that's cool. cool. Yeah, it's in the Steam Deck com coming uh, out. And it's uh, like, yeah, oh, there's going to be a little Portal spinoff uh, as well for uh, like a little desk, like a, a management style game uh, for that's coming out at the same time as the Steam Deck. Half-Life 3? Yeah. Confirmed. <laughs> Jeff, don't, I, I don't know if you've played Portal. Uh, I would say don't. If you get motion sickness, Portal's about the worst first-person yeah. game you could possibly play. Uh, because imagine a first-person game where you forget what gravity is. You, yeah, you will I played a little, ruin your Nintendo uh, Switch. I played a little, like, fucking rip-off, like, 2D version of Portal one time on, on like, a Flash version. I had a really mm -hmm. good time, but otherwise I'm like, I, I'll stick with just Listen, listening to if, the songs. <laughs> smoke some weed, pound some Dramamine, you'll have a great time. <laughs> Absent that, don't do it. You'll die. Uh, that's gonna about wrap it up uh, for this month. We'll be back in a couple weeks with a regular-ass book club episode. I believe uh, y'all will be discussing uh, season one of The Legend of Vox Machina, the adaptation yeah. of Critical Role, uh, yeah. now on Amazon. Uh, you will be joined by our good friend Jocelyn, uh, who did some work on the show. Yes, good. Committer to it in, uh, in, in recording. <laughs> did some work on it, so maybe some insider information. I'm not going to commit her to anything. Uh, I'm also not going to be part of the conversation, because I have not watched it, so I'm excited to see what you guys say. Um, and then at the beginning of April... We'll be back with a recap of this month's news. So you'll hear me talking about Star Trek Picard, Halo the series. So you know already if you want to listen to that episode or not, and I'm sorry. Um, but I have been Colin Ketchin, and uh, I'll, I'll see you in a month. Yeah. How about you guys? I have been Jeff Levitt. Uh, if you want to find me, I've got a YouTube channel where I do toy reviews. If you're inter at all interested in that, that's Alchemist Prime Reviews on YouTube. And uh, yeah, that, that, that's yeah, uh, I've been Timul Chowdhury or Chowder, whichever you prefer. You can find me on Twitter at Timul Chowder. Uh, you can also uh, find me on our sister podcast, uh, Dice Populi, where, uh, you know, I I hope uh, the current arc I'm DMing is uh, going to wrap up soon. Uh... <laughs> we'll find yeah, out. We'll, like we'll, we'll, we'll know about it. Half of the entire podcast has been Chowder's arc. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I think we'll know pretty soon whether or not that's wrapping up. But uh, honestly, every episode lately has been really fun to edit except for the ones where Matt deleted all of his audio. Is that what happened? Those are, <laughs> those were less fun to edit. Uh, if you're part of the Patreon for Dice Populi, you can see all about what happened in some commentary stuff. Otherwise, have fun figuring out from the edit, baby. Uh, that's it. We'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. Bye-bye. Ciao. Durr. The Common Briefing Program is hosted by myself, Colin Ketchin, and I've been joined by Jeff Levitt and Timul Chowdhury. This episode is sponsored by Elden Ring, Austin's favorite game, and the one that I got a refund for in 90 minutes. Uh, we will be back in a couple of weeks with another book club episode about The Legend of Vox Machina, uh, and back in a month with uh, info all about the news in March, and it's shaping up to be a fun one. If you're looking for more stuff along these lines, check out our sister podcasts, Dice Populi and How You Doing. Uh, but otherwise, just keep tuning into this. Tell your friends, enjoy, and thank you for listening to this.
All right, let's just go at 10 minute, 10 seconds. So wait, 10 seconds wait, wait. from now. Okay. Oh. No, no, you're you're good with that. Okay. I just wanna Five five seconds. Seconds. my my setup here. Oh, right. Wow, yeah, that sorry. was uh Yeah, I didn't hear any up. other I didn't hear any claps. I'm gonna refresh my thing. Oh. And try again. I, I, yeah, we don't, I heard a clap, I but it was like a full two seconds after me. So, oof. If it was okay. if it was after you, then that's fine. As long as it wasn't before you, that's when we have a problem. Um, well, if it's full two seconds, that's maybe a problem. <laughs> no, it's not that not, bad. Not really, because uh, the way that internet stuff works is like we may hear chatter. Like chatter could hear us at different times then we hear each other because it's all about when the packets get delivered but yeah, the no, audio fucking... will still be lined up on the other end no i understand so, how so. the internet works but i'm saying our lag right now while we're talking to each other does not have a two second delay so there's a you know an account for delay but i don't know if there's a full two seconds delay or if that was just an exaggeration well i have some great news i'm the well, one it editing it so it like only hurt second, me but yeah whatever it only hurts me uh, t title of my sex tape. Hello, and welcome to the Common Briefing Program. Uh, this is a part of the Common Geeking Program where each...